Hi, we're back with a sort of afterlife thing where we have some comments and questions and reactions from listeners about our recent episode about the UFO contact from Planet Called Us. So let's jump into that. And then we've got the saucer wife with some interesting questions and comments that actually are going to echo what we had from the readers in some ways as well. And she didn't know the readers had asked or said some of the same things that would occur to her. So lots of people on the same wavelength right about now. So first, um, frequent emailer Lester says, I've told you my theory that putative space aliens might be here for sex tourism and blood sports like betting on the outcomes of wars. Do they follow pro wrestling? Do they prefer Lucha Libre or Japanese or WWE? Perhaps some go for the real thing like Turkish oiled wrestling or Mongolian belt wrestling. Without question. I, I think probably the aliens are big fans of the real stuff, but I also enjoy the idea of aliens watching our boxing and our, our mixed martial arts and, and those things alongside professional wrestling and not really being able to tell the difference and thinking it's either all real or all, you know, sort of worked. So that's an interesting, uh, interesting thing to think about. Chris emails to ask, have you ever read any of Grant Morrison's work in DC Comics? A lot of UFO, contactee, archon-type references in Seven Soldiers and Doom Patrol. He could even qualify as a contactee or channeler, as he states he has received knowledge while staying in a Buddhist temple and met one of his characters in the flesh. I've read a lot of Grant Morrison, but not not the ones you've mentioned, oddly enough. I loved his uh, run on uh, JLA. I liked new x-men a lot i really tried to understand and like the invisibles but i couldn't quite get into it as much as i thought i should but in line with what you emailed chris i think one of the the things about grant morrison that's always intrigued me is is way way back i I read this a long time ago and i think i have the the collection of uh warren ellis comic writer warren ellis had an interview series called come in alone on the old comic book resources website he had a long interview with grant morrison where morrison talked about his ideas of of about you know the marvel and dc universes being like, like sort of sort of autonomous entities or something like that. It was just, just, just very, very strange, intriguing stuff, but I'm definitely going to check out seven soldiers and his doom patrol. Uh, since you mentioned those things, Kenny posted on our Facebook page to say some things that I think are compliments. I'm going to take them as compliments. He says, is your superpower being impervious to boredom? I cannot imagine plowing through the bad sci-fi writing that was The Nine and contact with Cold Us without wanting to end it all, or at the very least, throwing something out of a window and going for a drink. I think if I opened an obscure tome filled with terrible made-up names and ersatz Christianity, I would write it off as yet another obvious fiction and move on. You will plow through it to find any nuggets of interest. There's not enough money on this planet to get me to do that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what I do, isn't it? I mean, for fun mostly it's boy when you lay it all out like that kenny you laid it all out now i'm uh i'm filled with ennui at what i've uh what i've done with my life but uh but drinking has entered the picture with some of these books the nine uh the nine drove me to uh to the 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 wild turkey pretty effectively doc pinko on twitter asks is sunbathing valdar's version of netflix and chill you know that's the vibe i got from it i 
really did. You know, they, they, yeah, we were sunbathing. Okay. That was weird. It was, it was just sort of coy and, and you could tell there was kind of this, this, this romantic sort of tenderness, as I mentioned in the episode, but yeah, the sunbathing, that was, uh, that was a, a bit euphemistic, I think. And we'll close with a question from Kirk. A couple questions. He asks, um, he says, you reported there were supposed to have been several sizable groups of people who listened to the alleged Caldassian broadcasts. So is there any record of such people, a contactee community centered on the alien radio transmissions? Um, Take that one first. I could not find any. I looked around um, the internet and what I found were at best, at best, people who um, sort of lumped every contactee experience that involved transmissions through a radio in with the cold ass stuff. And this is just like on message boards and, and random old websites and I think some old Usenet posts. They just sort of take everything that's sort of transmitted through a radio and said, well, these must have been the other Q bases. Uh, probably the most specific one is um, amateur radio operator Bob Renaud from the early 1960s, uh, who we're going to have an episode about at some point, they said that his, uh, somebody said that his contacts with aliens from Corundor were probably the same as the cold ass contacts because of the radio thing. And as to your other question, I, uh, I have not seen any other mentions of the Swiss people who went to the planet and then most of whom decided to come back. I, I just haven't. If any listeners out there have, I would love to hear more about it because this is all wild and you'd think there'd be some other thing. But this all started in the 60s. You've got to think there'd been some sort of die off or people abandoning things by the 70s when we get to. And then the book comes out in the 80s. So I'm not sure, even if there were multiple people, how well it was sustained or 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 um, chronicled or anything. Thanks for those questions and comments. It's always fun to uh, to encounter those, even when they don't have anything to do with a particular episode, maybe especially when they don't have anything to do with the particular episode. Now, let's see what the saucer wife had to say about this. Spoiler, she was not happy. Okay, we are here with the Saucer Wife, who has just finished our episode on contact, UFO contact, with Coldus. Saucer Wife, what's the verdict? I will not be reading this book. Okay, one, I didn't ask you to. Two, why not? Uh, it's a little, sounds a little dry. It, uh, it is a little dry. But one of the things about the Saucer Life is we read the books so you don't have to in some cases. As listeners already heard, one of the uh, commenters this, uh, this episode pointed out that I have a very sort of unique talent or, or gift for reading the worst, most boring books on earth. And I think that's, uh, that's a good way to, to sum it up. So what questions do you have about this? Um, really, I have more observations um, as there was a lot of detail. Okay, hit me, kid. Um, number one, could you please say Van Vleerden Van three... Vle- Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden, Van... No. Three times fast. Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden. Did that, mm-hmm. work, that work? It was 
Pretty close. Pretty close. Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden. Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden. That was too slow, wasn't it? It wasn't very fast. Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden, Van Vleerden. You can't do it. Um, my next note was like secret radio, what was communicated. But yeah. as we went on, it sounded like everything was communicated down to, I'm surprised we didn't hear about bowel movements or what was for dinner. Well, we did hear what was for dinner. Remember that they had the, the one section where it's our astronauts eat much as your astronauts do. We have a plate with compartments and in each oh, compartment. Oh, the bento boxes. Yeah, the bento boxes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, or, or TV dinners, as we called them when I was a oh, kid. Oh, well, now to be cool, it's, it's a, a bento box. It's a bento box. I'm not sure what a bento box is. It's a box with dividers. Compartments. In, right? Yeah. Is that like some sort of hipster thing? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we did hear. And, and the, the juice that comes in a can. And when you remove the top yeah, of the can, yes. you can drink from the can. Well, dang, that's, that's impressive, isn't it? I mean, we didn't have anything like that in the 60s. If all contactee stories are similar. I, not all. What, no, can I finish uh, yeah, okay, my yep, sentence, yep, please? Yep, 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 yep. If all contactee stories are similar, wouldn't that lend them more credibility? Well, I suppose if... Because if somebody's, if everybody's experiencing very similar things... But it's, it's not everybody. It's everybody who claims to have met somebody from outer space, right? It's not like the whole world is experiencing this thing. So this is the way I sort of look at it. It would lend it more credibility if we had any solid evidence that any one of those encounters actually happened the way the author said it did. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yes, you know, they're all saying these things. Well, you know, look around. Lots of people in large groups say things that ain't true. Okay, but if you have, okay. If you have something go down, go down in front of you. <laughs> what are you talking about? If you got okay. something, if no, I'm no. out on the street and it starts to go down. But I mean, like, forget it. No, 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 no. Okay, listen. If, like, you witness something. Yes, okay. And there's a group of people. Yeah. If witnesses, eyewitness accounts are very similar, then that lends, lends more credibility to that thing happening. But, but haven't psychologists done experiments that sort of demonstrate that, you know, a group of people see the same thing? So one of my colleagues at work, she's, she's retired now, but she did a thing every semester where she'd be teaching. And in the middle of her teaching on the first day, somebody would come in and take her purse and just make off with it. And she would ask the students to describe the person. And invariably the descriptions were all over the place because eyewitnesses to the same event, much less people who claim to have had similar events separately, you know, even when it's people looking at the same event, might not you know the the descriptions might uh, might differ this is why defense attorneys can get people you know acquitted because sometimes eyewitnesses aren't as as credible or reliable and that that's when we're dealing with something like you know somebody getting getting knifed in an alley or or you know something like that you know not to mention 
you know, we all heard the tape recorded voice come out of the machine and it was uh, Valdar of the Caldassian fleet or, or something like that. So I don't think 75 people all making similar claims about meeting guys in jumpsuits from outer space makes it more credible. I, I don't think it makes it less credible. I, I just think it, it, it's just sort of just sort of a thing. Fair enough. Okay. If you had to guess how many of your acquaintances are from the Feder- Confederation, how many would you think? Like mine personally? Yes. Um, maybe her. Three. Four. Yeah. Seven? Sound about right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is this is maybe just something that I didn't understand. If there are others that are the Q base yeah, yeah. that heard the messages, yeah. where are they? <laughs> um, that is that is a a a good question. Uh, Kirk, one of our listeners, asked a very similar thing. So, um, oh, so it's already been answered. Listeners have already heard the answer. Um, the answer I will give you is I haven't found any trace of these people. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, there are some people who sort of cite this and sort of compare it to other uh, other contactees who have gotten messages through radio sets or similar means and said that, you know, the message could be garbled in some way or the planet name is different or the messages don't quite match up. And they've sort of used that. But, you know, no, there's I. Yeah, I, I haven't really found anything and i i hope if, if there are listeners out there who know where all these q bases are and who these folks are or can get me one of these radios um of course the, the ship needs to be hovering above me and sending the beam down but um do we actually own a radio we have that one oh our emergency yeah. wind up radio yeah but wait you don't need a radio you don't no, because the, he they communicated through the one guy once his oh, radio oh, got Oh, for the aliens. I, th- I, th- I think about us here at the house. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need a radio here at the house either. No, but that, I that, mean. That's, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, no, they don't. No, they can talk right into my brain. Sometimes I wish they would. Uh, tell me that I'm a good person or something. Um, that'd be nice. <sighs> That's your cue to tell me I'm a good person, dear. Moving on. Okay. Has colonization ever gone well, like historically? Well, not not for the people being colonized. I, I don't I don't think. Um, you know, I, I this this is I, I feel like I'm in class. Here, here's the thing: the best you can say about the benefits of colonization for the people in the land that are colonized is that whatever benefits there are are distributed incredibly unequally and are usually carried out for the benefit of the colonizers and any benefit to the colonized is sort of incidental um you know the french people there need a hospital so some of the native people who are near the hospital might get the benefit of the hospital something like that uh but in general it's it's not a it's it's not a it's not a swell deal for the people being colonized this is more of just a comment okay um, if I were communicating to people of Earth, you know, I would definitely be saying, save me a piece of Christmas cake. Christmas cake. Yeah. Send yeah. me a piece of cake. Yeah. Any time of year. Yeah. 
Absolutely. As uh, as 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 a uh, Black Wolf on Twitter, one of our, our good listeners asked me, sort of sort of challenging me. He says, "Do you know what Christmas cake? Would you recognize a piece of Christmas cake?" And I had to say, "No, no, I probably would." Is wouldn't. that like fruit cake? That's what I'm. I'm thinking it's fruit cake. I'm okay, I, then I never mind. Then don't you don't s- want him to save you a piece? No, I would like. I'd rather prefer a piece of birthday cake. Birthday cake, yeah. What is your favorite silly alien name that you've heard through the years? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, that's a good question. I I think I'm going to have to go with Na Nine of the Solar X Group. Na Nine of the Solar X Group. I think that was a, a George Hunt Williamson contact yeah okay okay um what struck me um is they were trying as they were trying to get their cubase people to leave Mm -hmm. um one of their selling points was that their spaceships were safe (laughs) um i don't i i don't think that that would be my first concern (laughs) About leaving Earth, I know, right? Like that, their spaceships were safe. That was weird. That was a, a weird thing. I, I, I. It just that's one of the things that, that's that's really, really sort of sort of unrealistic about it. it. Is is you know, and the ships don't fall apart. No, we got air. We got our TV dinners. There's juice and cans. And then when you get there, I mean, it's okay. We're yeah. we're all kind of human. We'll, we'll 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 get along eventually. You will learn to adapt, and unless you're like those Swiss people who went home, right? But, but I'm uh, like I'm thinking like, well, what do I pack? It, what's the climate like? Are there grocery stores? What is the food like? But no, don't worry. Spaceships are safe. I, I mean, I guess it's a concern, but um, yeah, I think all those things mentioned are our bigger concerns. Yeah. And is there healthcare? You would think they would have solved that, right? But they're still getting in wars. They're not like other contactee aliens who've ascended beyond the need for war. Now they're still fighting wars. Yeah. I'm just saying there's more than the spaceship being safe. Anyway, I, I agree. Okay. And then I just got to ask, I know we talked that a lot of this stuff was transmitted over the radio. Yeah. Some of it was transmitted into direct into his brain. Mind beam. Did this guy have another job? Oh, he worked in a factory. When did he find time to get all this information and disseminate it? Well, okay, here's the thing. Most of the action took place in like the 60s and 70s, right? Over the course of what, 23 years? Yeah. And then the book came out in like 86. So I'm just thinking the amount of minutia that this book covers uh has to be communicated to this gentleman. Right. And then he has to then process it. Yeah. Almost like it would have been easier just to make the whole thing up. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that either. I would never say that. No, 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 no. Are there any other contactee experiences that you've run across that are this detailed? Oh yeah, yeah. There, there, there are some. A lot of them go in. Uh, George Damsky went into like the the colors and shapes of the fruit he was served in one of his books. Um, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure I've ever come across a contact ebook that had this level of detail paid to the career trajectories of the individual space brothers who was getting promoted, who was going to be whose assistant. This patrol has been reassigned to the far side of the solar system over in the planet. What's it, you know, um, I think, I think that level of granularity is, is kind of, um, kind of, of rare. Yeah. Um, oh, my favorite out of this whole episode. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. You ready guys? Yep. Here come the men in black. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So everybody sing that to yourselves. Okay. He and his wife are watching TV yep. and boom, 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 boom. They come in and they take his radio. Why do I feel like someday I might live this? Because I'm pretty sure someday you're going to live this. I just, this is why I'm glad we have a radio to give them when they come. I just, I'm envisioning us sitting in our living room and the men in black are pounding on our door. You know, I I think it's more likely that I will be recruited to be a man in black. I, I, I think that's, I think that's more likely at this point. So will that make me a spouse in black? I don't know where you want. I don't care. I don't know that you could carry off all black. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. No, I, I need more jewel tones. Just as long as it's not gray. Yeah, not gray. I don't look good in gray. Or tan. Tan. Yeah, beige. No, don't have the skin tone for beige. Can't pull that off. That's all I got. Okay, that's uh, it, it exhausted it's, it's, me. It sounds like we're we're hitting the bottom of the barrel here with this, uh, but yeah, it was um, it was rough. I I hesitated having anybody I care about in my real life listen to this, <laughs> listen to this episode. Wow, that makes you got to make your listeners feel good. <laughs> hey, it's been a week. I'll, subju- the, 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 I'll subject the ones, you guys the ones to who it. Have listened to it. The, hey, some my, my listeners, many of them are. Uh, Many of them are lifers, saucer lifers, um, and uh, they uh, they know they're in it for the long haul. So, all right. Thank you, saucer wife. The next one will be less irritating. Remember, send your birthday cake to P.O. Box 68, Grand Blank, Michigan, 48480. Thanks for joining us for this little afterlife episode. We'll be back in a week with the origins of disclosure, particularly Dr. Stephen Greer in the 1990s, way back in the 1990s, including a dinner party that may or may not have been blown entirely out of proportion over the years. We'll talk to you later. Bye.